Welcome to Multifamily AP 360, the show where we discuss 360-degree views on mindset, passive, and active multifamily investment. If you're looking for tips and strategies, or just want to learn from the experiences of others, both good and bad, then listen on. This is Multifamily AP 360 with your host, Ramakrishna Chunchu. Today's our guest is Jock Lemstar from Rent to Retirement. Welcome, Jock. Hey, Rama. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Awesome. Thank you very much, Jock. Little bit about Jock. Jock Lemstar is founder and CEO of Rent to Retirement, the largest turnkey real estate provider in the world. Uh, he is a seasoned real estate investor who has accumulated a large portfolio of rental properties across multiple markets including single-family, multi-family, commercial, and new construction. Jack is a licensed optometrist who practices on a volunteer basis. Jack started investing in real estate while working as an optometrist and captain for the U.S. Air Force. So with that, Jack, you want to add anything to your background? Yeah, th- well, thanks. I mean, that's uh, that's my bio. <laughs> so, um, I mean, just give everyone a, a quick history on me. So, yeah, I started as an optometrist. That's where I met my wife in school. I was on scholarship with the Air Force, went into the Air Force, um, you know, uh, 15 years ago or so, um, practiced optometry there. We invested in real estate basically this whole time, you know, even even in school, actually, we bought our first uh, first duplex. And we since then, we've always got the real estate bug and we've bought more and more real estate every single year since we bought that that first duplex. After I left the military, we moved out to Colorado, which is where we reside today worked in private practice. um, But eventually we retired from our active career path through real estate investing that didn't happen overnight. uh, But it did happen over, you know, many years of consistently buying more and more rental properties um, to be able to retire early that caught a lot of people's attention, you know, friends and family and colleagues that were saying, hey, we want to invest in real estate, we see what we're doing. But we don't have we don't know how to start investing in real estate, or we don't have the time we just we like real estate. We believe in the asset class. We need some assistance to identify the best markets to invest in. And, you know, that that led to the birthplace of, of our company, Rent to Retirement, where essentially we help people buy uh, turnkey properties, you know, that are already fixed up or newly built, leased and managed by our teams in, in some of the best markets throughout the U.S. So they can, you know, be a passive investor following the process that, that we did. So that's kind of uh, the history to where we're at today. Got it. Thank you. So what, what is our process of finding best markets? We have very specific criteria in terms of what we look for when we want to invest. These are markets that, I mean, I, I personally invest in, in areas that we have confidence in. The first thing is we want to make sure we're in the path of progress. We want to be in areas where, I mean, then, then that's how you build successful portfolios and build your net worth and grow it long term substantially is to invest in areas where you have population, economic growth, you have a diversity of economies. You're not just... We're not just investing in an area, say, that is reliant on oil or gas or military, like you want a diversity of industries. We want to be in areas that have landlord-friendly legislation, low taxes, areas that, um, you know, also looking at where some of the Fortune 500 companies are coming in. So that's on the macroeconomic scale, depending on, you know, the, the states. And so we operate mainly in the Midwest and Southeast, where you're in the path of progress, you have affordability, you have high rental demand and high rental rates relative to home prices. This is just where the cash flow numbers make sense, you know, and then the legislation, the taxes, um, the growth potential, those are all things we need to be conscious of. But then on the microeconomic scale, we really want to peel the onion back and, and look at some of these areas to determine, you know, where are the areas where there's going to be growth, maybe gentrification um, or revitalization in an area that is going to have strong appreciation. And we want to be in the front of that curve and also looking at a balancing act of, okay, we want an affordable house. 
but we also want to attract a quality tenant. We need to meet these cash flow numbers. Kind of this B class neighborhood is where you get this sweet spot. So, I mean, I could go and go on and on about that, Arama. There's a, a lot that we we do in depth, um, but we have a systematic approach to determining which areas we invest in. Got it. So, uh, you you focused on single family, multifamily, commercial, and new construction. So, which area you are mostly focusing right now? You know, I've always loved single family. Um, and I think there's a point where you grow your portfolio substantially enough that you you want to diversify and scale up to multifamily. Um, and then maybe in like the commercial, industrial or retail center, like we we operate a lot in personally. Um, but I always think that single family should be a, a portion of your portfolio. Single family tends to appreciate better than any other asset class. It's most accessible to the average investor or the home buyer. That also means it's liquid, right? When you sell your property, you can sell to an investor or a residential buyer who will likely pay more. Uh, you usually have better quality tenants. You absolutely get better financing on single family. You get to put less money down versus multifamily or commercial. Um, you know, and it's just, single family just has a lot of benefits to start and to easily scale. So most of our investors start by building a portfolio of anywhere from five to 10 to 20 single family houses, maybe mixing in some mal small multi in there and then they they tend to scale up over time and maybe go through a 1031 exchange after they built equity through appreciation and debt reduction um to keep scaling over time so because of that we mainly operate in single family but we do have small multifamily available and some commercial options for investors that want to be looking at those got it so how many markets you're focusing from single family point of view yeah we i mean we operate in single family in all our markets and there's always changes because we're always looking at where the best opportunity is. We'll go into a new market and build our team, personally invest for probably at least six months to a year, sometimes longer before we open it up to other investors. So right now, I think we're in 11 markets, mainly the Midwest areas like Ohio, Indiana, Missouri. Um, you know, those are some of the common ones, Michigan, uh, Wisconsin. And then we we operate in the Southeast, which tend to have a little bit Southeast has more growth potential, more population growth. Um higher appreciation and rent growth as well, but also higher price points. Maybe the first year is a little bit more squeezed on, on pro forma, but you're more in the path of progress. So areas like Florida, I mean, Florida is our number one market right now. We there's As far as percentage growth, when you're talking percentages, Florida has the highest percentage growth over the past few years, followed shortly by Texas. Texas has more people number-wise, but Florida has percentage. So Florida, Texas, um, Alabama, Carolinas, those are the areas that we really focus on in, in the Southeast. Got it. Yeah. Thank you. So what is your process of, you know, this, you're focusing on Turnkey, one of the largest provider of Turnkey real estate provider, right? So what is your, what is your process and how exactly you're optimizing that? So Turnkey, I'll start with this, like what is Turnkey? Because a lot of people don't know what Turnkey is, one of these buzzwords, and it's it's uh, pretty ill-defined. Um, it's thrown around a lot. So we, what we mean when we say Turnkey, Rama, is Turnkey is, a, is an investment property that is either newly built or fully renovated, leased, and professionally managed in a market that we've identified to be a viable investment market that we have an established team in. And so really what that means is we've done all the heavy lifting, put all the pieces together. So this can be somewhat of a passive investment for you. And you have confidence that it's going to be successful long-term. You just have you just have to choose a market, the property and buy it, which will, again, will walk you through all the process and then let us let us manage it. 
Uh, and you can also, you know, invest in multiple locations following the same process and diversify and scale. Um, but turnkey is a really easy way for someone to get started to scale their portfolio quicker than what they're already doing um, on their own, whether they're an active investor or not, to diversify in these different areas. Um, and it's just a really easy way to be a passive investor and grow your portfolio. As far as the process goes, the first thing to do is just speak with my team. You know, we have a, a large team that uh, we call them investment strategists. They're your one-on-one -on -one counselor, your your mentor and advisor to learn about your goals, criteria, timeline, resources, help you build out an action plan over the next one to 10 years, and then implement that, right? If, if you are an investor that's looking to obtain, say, $10,000 of passive income in the next five years, how are we, how are we going to get to that goal? Um, you know, and, and how many properties will you have to buy? What kind of financing can you use? What areas should you invest in? So it all starts with a conversation and then staying engaged with my team to work through that and uh, build out a plan and then take action on that plan. Got it. So what is your typical price ranges for each uh, each turnkey property mm -hmm. and what kind of returns uh, investors can expect? And these are all publicly available on our website, renttoretirement.com. That's renttoretirement.com. Um, feel free to go check out the website and see some of the inventory that we have publicly available. At any given point in time, we should have 60 to 70 properties available across all markets. And that includes some multifamily, single family, new construction, um, stuff that can come with significant immediate equity where you can be a creative investor to do like a cash out refinance and reinvest your money. Um, so we have some of those opportunities as well. But it's typical, typical price points um, kind of in that B-class neighborhood that we talked about, usually two to 300,000. I would say on average for kind of a, a nice single family or small duplex um, that is cash flowing, you know, probably if you're using financing, you're probably between a 10 to 15 or 10 to 16 percent cash on cash ROI if you're using conventional loans with 20 percent down. Obviously, interest rates are a little bit higher right now, so that's squeezing that a little bit, but stuff still cash flows, right? I mean, the stuff still cash flows um, quite well, especially if you're in the path of progress where even if, say, you're an 8 percent cash on cash return today, well, if the rent market goes up like it historically has to you know, 10 to 20 percent next year, your your ROI could go dramatically up as well. It's just maybe less attractive year one. Um, but yeah, check out the inventory on the website and kind of see what stuff we have. Got it. So you build these teams and systems uh, in different markets. So how long it took to build that teams and systems in each market? So what is your process of, you know, that building teams and systems? Yeah, it is. It is a process. And, um, you know, it's took many years to develop a really refined system. Um, you know, I've been a professional investor for about 15 years now, and we have a very large portfolio that's allowed us to have, a, you know, a lifestyle that we wouldn't otherwise. And I, I feel very thankful for that. And I also, because of that, feel very passionate about real estate. And uh, also, you know, I, I feel obligated to, to give back and assist other people to do the same, to reach their financial goals. And, I mean, again, my, my company was founded on the fact that our friends and family were you know, wanting to invest with us. And I saw the need and the demand to do that. But to really build a system in a, in a market, we have to go in and evaluate. The first thing we do is identify a market that we want to invest in. And there's key essential personnel that we want to build in those areas. So we need a, an acquisition team to find the deals. Um, and often these are brokers and agents that are involved in this. Um, we need a solid property manager. That's probably the most important. And sometimes it takes going through... 10 or 15 bad property managers to find a good one. Um, but when we do find a good one, we want to hold on to them. So we already vet that, you know, that, that process. We have a very specific criteria that everyone on our team has to follow on, on the management side. They have to lease, you know, they have to screen the tenant appropriately. They need to check at least three references, non-family. They need to call past, you know, so there's, there's certain things that they have to follow 
to make sure that they're setting themselves up for success and we work with them on that. Uh, but it's a lot of trial and error. Like we'll go in and build our own portfolio and you just got to work with people. And if they're not the right fit, get someone else in there. We also have, you know, builders and rehabbers um, on our team. Um, and then local attorneys and CPAs uh, would be an additional part of that because that is a part of building a, a, a business is making sure you get, have the tax and legal structure in place that you need to long-term. So it takes, I'd say on average, it takes a good couple of years to, to build an established team. Got it, got it. So now you have like a lot of properties and a lot of market. So how do you find good property managers based on your experience? Yeah, well, I mean, like I said, we kind of, we have a, a process to follow is in terms of metrics that they need to, to meet. Um, but at the end of the day, you just got to work with them. You know, track record speaks, speaks volumes. I mean, cause you can have a group, you can look at someone on the surface and they can have a great office, great team, but then you really get in the weeds and start working with them and realize that's where you start to see all the holes and no property manager is perfect. I'll be the first to say that it's a tough, it's a tough job, right? Um, and I've, I've owned and owned my own property management company and I've managed my own properties for many years. Um, and I don't, I, so I, I have a perspective of understanding that things aren't going to be perfect. However, there are certain expectations I fundamentally need to meet as well as like the property management team needs to be, um, able to, um, adhere to our standards, but they need to have the staffing to support that. They need to have in-house maintenance. They need to be able to um, have the staffing to and the the accounting team to be able to do accounting communication. Those are the two biggest issues we see that prop, pop up on management: proper and accurate accounting and and prompt accounting. Um, and then and they need to use you know system like Appfolio or uh, Propertyware, one of these you know property management softwares that's pretty robust. And then um, if they, in addition to that, communication is a huge thing, especially for our out of state owners that are trying to invest in areas that they can get a positive ROI because their local market is just too expensive. You know, if you live in California and New York, one of these areas where it's just like your average house price is $800,000 and the rent is, you know, 2,500, it's just the numbers don't make sense. Um, so, but if you're investing out of state, you need to make sure that you can pick up the phone and call your property manager, right? That there's good communication. So we work with them over time and that was a long answer, Rama, but I mean, basically we got to, we, we have to make sure that they, you know, follow those standards. And once we work with them are willing to, you know, put in the work. Got it. So where do you get good success using Google or, you know, referral or some other, any other channels to find good property manager? The first thing we do when we enter a market is we, we talk to everyone. We want to know who the big players are in the market because it really comes down to, unless it's an extremely large metropolitan area, you probably have about four or five main players in the space. Some of those are big national type companies, which we typically don't use. And then after that, you have like a sec, we call them tier two. Um, companies which are large enough where they're probably managing between two to 500 doors um, and they have a good enough team. Like that's, I think, the sweet spot where you find good teams that, and there's some that are doing really well and there's some that are struggling because you're kind of at this crux point where you're like, you're scaling. And then we have the tier three type of managers, which is really the mon pa type of operations that, you know, they're just managing. They don't really have good systems in place. They don't have internal vendors. So either we're going to go with a tier one or tier two type of company, depending on who we vet, um, but it can very much start as, uh, I mean, yeah, you, you go on, you can do a Google search. Yeah, you ask for recommendations if you know someone in the market. If you don't, I mean, you know, you need to attend local RIAs, uh, local REI meetup groups um, and ask for references there. And then also making sure that, you know, working with the brokers, if you haven't been a broker or an agent, that's actually an investment, a savvy investment, investment savvy broker agent, which you always need to confirm if they're an actual investor and how serious are they they will have recommendations for you. So 
you know, with, within, a, a, I would say, a week, if you're actively engaged through all those sources, it's pretty easy to find out who the key players are, who the people are that you want to preference talking to. And then it's just a matter of interviewing them. Got it. Got it. Cool. Yeah. Thank you. That's very, very good points there. So what's your take on turnkey market for next 12 to 18 months? How how current, you know, interest rates, inflation impacting that? Well, and I would apply this to real estate in general, um, not necessarily just turnkey. Turnkey is just, you know, rental real estate that is, has a systematic approach to be able to invest in it. Um, but real estate in general, I mean, the market right now, obviously, we're in a down market. I think this is a good thing, though, because now, I mean, the past few years that we've experienced, it's just been crazy, right? It's been an abnormal market where it's just cra- it's so hard to invest because it's the sellers are it's just ridiculous. They can demand whatever they want. You have multiple buyers. Um, yes, interest rates were historic all time lows. And so people need to realize, too, that like that's not sustainable and that's not normal. The w- Over the past three to four years. When we had all-time low interest rates, yes, that was good for that period of time, but it also caused chaos in the market. Now we're getting into more of a stable market. Like this is a good thing for things to to normalize because it makes it more of an even playing field for everyone. There's more buying opportunity. This is an exceptional time to invest. Um, and I, I mean, this will probably continue for the next year to year and a half, right? And then interest rates will probably come down a little bit. The economy will cover a little bit. It'll probably move back into the seller's market. But now is an exceptional time to buy property where you're not overpaying for it, which over the past few years might have been the case, right? And so it's a good time. Have your fundamentals, invest for cash flow, invest in a good market. There's plenty of markets that we invest in right now where there's still strong appreciation and rental growth. Simple, simply because supply and demand. Uh, you know, there's an undersupply and an overdemand for housing, Florida being a, a perfect example of that. So there's still good areas to invest in. Um, where you don't, it's really not a, you know, it's not a down market. It's just, it is a little bit easier to make the deals make sense. Now, yes, interest rates are higher, but that's just a numbers game, right? No one holds a loan for 30 years. They just don't. I mean, sometimes newer investors may sit back on the fence and not not take action because they see that the interest rates are higher. The reality is, you know, it's just a number at one point in time. If your number pencil, if your property cash flows and pencils out at the high interest rates right now, that's actually a good thing because that means in the future they're going to continue to pencil out and you can, you know, you can refine the future. Even if you don't, we would anticipate being in the path of progress that your rents would go up year after year. Um, so right now is an exceptional time to invest. I would encourage people don't sit on the sidelines because this is actually where people make more money is in markets like this and really build large portfolios. It's a better buying opportunity. Um, you know, and and once things, you know, go back to the seller's market, like then it's going to be a, a feeding frenzy again. And you'd want to already own properties by that point, right? Because then maybe you can liquidate them at a higher price point. That's when you ride that appreciation wave. Um, but look, we're consistently investing. We've been successful investors by investing in any market cycle and just continually buying. Yes, you need to adapt a little bit, but you always need to be taking action. No one is successful by sitting on the sidelines and not taking action. I, I you know, so I've never met a real successful investor that said, I just time the market appropriately. It's more about time in the market. And, you know, the people that are real successful are the ones that are consistently taking action time and time again. So, I mean, I think this is a good thing. We're actively buying a lot right now. Last year was our biggest acquisition year to date. And and this year is going to be even bigger. Um, you know, and I, and I think that we're excited for the opportunity that we have. Cool. And would you share any of your best ex- experience so far? Best experience uh, investing wise, man, that's a that's a broad uh, that's a broad question. Um, we've had a lot of really good experiences. We've had a lot of really bad ones. I mean, sometimes you you take some punches in real estate, and you know it's you just got to get back up and keep going. 
And often there's a positive outcome and you learn along that way. But I think that's, you know, that's the beautiful thing about real estate is it's a lifelong journey. And if you stick in it long enough, uh, you will be extremely successful. There's more millionaires made in real estate than any other, any other asset class. Some of my best investments, I mean, investment opportunities. I, we've done some really cool short-term stuff recently. We just acquired a short-term rental. It's like a nine bed, 11 bath, kind of a larger luxury type of house that we increased. It was it was mismanaged. Um, it was below market rent. The rents were stagnant, so they weren't dynamic. Um, and this is in a, a vacation area in a ski uh, in a ski area, and so they rented it out for like seventeen hundred dollars a night year round, even on like Christmas and New Year's. And we you know we bought we acquired the property. We did some rental on it, just spruced it up a little bit. Um, and to put better management in place. And, you know, now, now over the holiday season, like, you know, we're booking it right now as we're over the holiday season, over $5,000 a night. Um, and so we've increased the, the income on this by like over 40% in year one. Um, that property would not have cash flowed and would not have been a positive cash flow property at the numbers it was performing at. But we saw the opportunity, uh, you know, of, of what it could be just with appropriate management. Um, and marketing. And so we we bought that and put that into it. And, you know, now we have an, an exceptional uh, cash flowing short term rental that we'll also use, you know, throughout the year, we got 90% loan to value financing on it. So only put 10% down. And then we ran a cost segregation study on it to offset our taxes, which exceeded exceeded the down payment on it. Um, you know, so it's just it worked out perfectly. And it's going to be a huge tax benefit for us. And so that, that was a, the latest win over the just this this past I think I think eight eight months. Awesome. So would you also share any challenging experience? Uh, how long do you want this podcast to be? Because I could go on for about uh, two days on this. No. no, no. Um, <laughs> challenging one, one challenging experience. One challenging experience. Challenging experience, I would say, would be, and and most people could probably resonate or or um, you know uh, relate to. I, I think just the challenge of. Um, Analysis paralysis. Okay. And I just want to speak to this a little bit because especially in times like this, there's always something, right? There's always something out there in the market that's preventing you from taking action, especially if you're a newer investor or you're at that point where you, you bought a few properties, they may or may not have worked out. You're figuring, you're trying to figure this out and trying to scale this into a business to like leave your job, retire early, whatever the case is. Everyone goes through this, but I can tell you that you just need to, you just need to invest and, and learn along the way. Um, you know, and you, you will figure it out. So analysis paralysis, we've all been there. I've, you know, there's been a lot of opportunities that I've missed. I, I think that's a negative experience and not to be too specific, but I mean, since you asked, I also think partnerships are extremely, um, you know, be cautious who you're partnering up with. Some people think that they need to partner, uh, when, when they don't necessarily, um, you know, or don't structure partnerships, um, appropriately or don't set foundations and guidelines and paperwork from the very beginning. We've had um, our fair share of bad partnerships over the years, and a couple of them have been pretty financially a substantial loss by simply not setting expectations um, appropriately up front. So that would be my recommendation. Good, good points. So any personal habits that are helping you to be successful? I would say just consistency. Um, you know, I get asked about this all the time. Like, what's the what's the one thing that's holding people back from being successful? Um, obviously, you got to take action, right? Like, if you're not just if you're just reading and podcasts and everything, like that's good, but that's only good for so long. Um, you should be doing that and applying it, applying the information that you're learning. So actually taking action and, and investing. Um, you know, and you find a way. There's there's always going to be an excuse out there, like I said, with 
you know, the market, the interest rates, war, politics, COVID, there's always something people and um, the people that are successful or consistency take consistently taking action. So um, I, I think that's what's allowed us to be success is successful. And yes, there's been lots of mistakes with that, but you just get started and you take action and then you keep taking action and you learn from your mistakes and you apply it. Never stop, never look back. And I, you know, eventually you just put your head down, nose to the grindstone, keep buying properties, let real estate do what it does over time, compounding through the tax benefits and the appreciation, the debt reduction you know, the benefits of using leverage and then the cash flow that grows over time. And, you know, look up, bring your head up in a few years. And all of a sudden you have this large portfolio, huge nest egg that's just compounding and get this exponential growth. So it's an exciting world out there. It doesn't happen overnight, though. Cool. So any personal decision that you took impacted your life positively? I would say, so again, applying it back to the analysis paralysis, we invested in single family and small multi for for many, many years. Um, But actually, I would say this, our transition to commercial was a little bit more difficult. I looked at commercial properties for a long time, um, like probably three years before we actually bought our first one. But I would say actually, this is this is what I would like to say about the one decision. It is investing in myself and my education that allowed me to learn things and apply those things um, that have dramatically changed the game for us. Specifically speaking, coaching and mentorship um, you know, and there's a lot of coaches out there. So be careful, right? Like there's a lot of gurus, but truly investing in yourself and your education by going through and hiring a coach to help you with stuff um, can can change things dramatically for you. They hold you accountable. They make the game serious. You know, there's usually money involved with it. So you, you just like, you don't want to be sacrificing that. You just have to apply what, the, what you learn from the coach. Um, there's been some, some coaches that have like, just, we wouldn't be here today. Uh, if it wasn't for their advice. Um, and specifically, another coach would be like our tax strategist. When we learned about and educated ourselves about all the tax benefits and strategies around real estate investing, and we tailored our, our investing based on the tax the tax benefits, it's just like, man, I mean, we 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 earned significant income and we offset it all with with taxes. That just leaves us so much more money to reinvest. And that, that changed the game for us exponentially. So got it. So any books that impacted your life? Oh, man, I could say a lot. But I mean, fundamentally, if you haven't read the Robert Kiyosaki series, then absolutely do that, right? I mean, the, the Purple Bible, we call it. Rich Dad, Poor Dad, The Cashflow Quadrant. The E-Myth by Michael Gerber is is a great one for the entrepreneurial myth or E-Myth Revisited for um, anyone running their own business. Um, and then uh, Millionaire Real Estate Investor by Gary Keller. I think that's a just really cool one to read to get in the mindset of like how to make a million um, own a million, spend, you know, receive a million through cash flow. It's just like thinking at the higher level on compounding real estate over time. And how can listeners can connect with you, Jack? I would say go to our website, uh, renttoretirement.com. That's renttoretirement.com. Um, feel free. We've got a lot of educational resources out there. We don't charge you for anything. We make our money through the rehab and selling of properties, right? So our our job is to add add value to you. Um, you know, get on the phone with my team, have an, an initial investment consultation with uh, one of our investment strategists. I guarantee you're going to at least learn something uh, that you can apply to your own investing. And if you're interested in you know, buying turnkey and growing a portfolio, investing out of state in some of these exciting markets where you already have an established team, then yeah, please reach out. You, we also have our 800 number, 800-311-6781. Uh, but I would highly encourage everyone to check out the website, look at inventory and ultimately schedule a consultation. We'd love to speak with you, learn about your investing goals and see if we can add value. Awesome. And thank you very much. Thank you for sharing and all your expertise on turnkey properties. Thank you. Ram, it's been a pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you. 
That's the end of this episode of Multifamily AP 360, but we'd love to continue to help you on your journey. Head to ushacapital.com slash podcast to join our email list for more tips and strategies. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. This is Multifamily AP 360 with Ramakrishna Chunchu. We'll see you next time.